You're listening to Spaghetti and Freddy, a podcast hosted by Cablasso and Yoli, in which we discuss both spaghetti westerns and the Nightmare on Elm Street film series, along with all things Freddy Krueger. This is episode 37, and we're discussing the film Two Mules for Sister Sarah from 1970, directed by Don Siegel. I know. Are you a fan of Clerks? Uh, yeah. 37? Apparently I'm not that big of a fan. In a row? Okay, there we go. 37. Thanks for spelling it out. (laughs) Big show tonight. Big show. Yeah. Loaded. Yep. Uh, Four mules for Sister Sarah. So, Mm -hmm. so, so, So big. So many mules. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that whopper yes. of a movie, uh, yes. what's new with Kev? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. I have this, my giant list of horror films. Mm-hmm. Horror, not horror. Horror. Yes. Uh, different list. But, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I was plowing through and then we wanted to put on, we were choosing between, I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Which I've never never seen. Go. Oh. Um Midsummer, which I still haven't seen. I've seen his other two movies though. And I really liked Bo was Afraid. I probably talked about it on here. But anyway. Uh and then Stir in the Century by Stephen King, which you know I've been mm-hmm. blazing through King mm-hmm. stuff. So Megan picked Storm of the Century. I went to put it on. Did not realize it's a miniseries. And mm-hmm. Listen, everyone, everyone's just like, it's basically a movie, but it's a four hour movie. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, over two nights as per usual. So we sat down to watch it and Megan was having bad allergies. So she sits down and she's like jerks in her seat, kind of like wakes herself up. I don't know what was happening though. I just assumed she was dying. And uh, so she goes to me does benadryl make you tired and i'm like that's all that's all benadryl does (laughs) you know uh uh i mean it it will dry your sinus too yeah i'm starting the story over okay (laughs) so sit down to watch storm of the century and megan's sitting next to me and i see her like jerking her seat and i figured she was just like surprised by something on screen but turns out she was trying to shock shock herself awake because she took like a double dose of benadryl before we sat down because her allergies were bothering her and she turns to me and goes Does benadryl make you tired and i'm like that's all it that's all i know it does i don't even know why you take benadryl otherwise so that being said storm of the century four hours long probably wasn't the best option um we got about an hour in she fell asleep on me 
then her cat came over and fell asleep on me <laughs> and I'm I'm pinned all limbs are pinned and so basically I'm just like okay which way am I going to flop my head uncomfortably and fall asleep uh so woke up at the two hour end of the two hour mark it's like a dvd so two hours on each side mm-hmm. um so i saw a quarter of storm of the century we both really liked what we saw mm-hmm. but i i think i'm gonna have to plow Revisit. through yeah 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 um but i will say uh, this is not the first person people will call out but the mom from freaks and geeks is in it which i found surprising that's a beloved show for me um right. Uh, anyway, Storm of the Century, so far so good, but I'll tell you, someone in the Discord called me out. They're like, you're doing this, both versions of The Stand and blah, blah, blah. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I made it through that, not knowing that this was another miniseries. So I effed up, but I've just been playing Spider-Man 2 for the PS5 because that came out. I've been waiting five years for it to come out. Five years? Yeah. I played the first one when it came out five years ago and just been waiting for the next one i mean it's, it's a good it's its own little like version of spider-man so it draws from it's really you know drawing from the comics and movies and everything but it's its own version so it's kind of like i wanted the next chapter in that story that's really why i'm playing for the story that being said i've read countless spider-man comics and i don't really know why i feel the need to it really is a matter of like, oh, that's from this comic because I'm sitting here alone, you know, <laughs> but um, so. But you're enjoying yeah. it. I am enjoying it, I guess. <laughs> yes, I am. I mean, I am, <laughs> but I don't know. My head goes funny places as I'm playing it. Like I said, it's basically like me being like, oh, it's like this comic. It's like this comic. And I'm like, yeah, obviously it is, but am I enjoying the game or am I just like trying to plow through it as fast as humanly possible? Like, I don't know if I'm enjoying it as much as like just getting through it mm-hmm. as a thing to do. Yeah. So, well, hopefully, but... hopefully a bit of both, maybe. Nope. Only no. one or the other. It's either either a task or something I enjoy. So mm. if I find things I enjoy, I'll let you know what they are. But as of now, everything is a task. Okay. I'm just checking the box. So uh, I did. Oh, actually, no. I spent time with the kittens uh, oh, this weekend. Kittens. And the kittens I love are seeing so, all the photos. They're so adorable. That is something I enjoy. Uh, there's there's no nothing to accomplish with that other than just <laughs> spending Playtime, time with this. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. so so adorable. <laughs> what about you, Yolanda? Uh, I have lots to blather on about. <laughs> Good. I'm done. I I got nothing. You go for it. You go, girl. Well, we often talk about movies that we've been watching, right? Mm -hmm. But this weekend, I had a big theater weekend. Um, Mm. Yeah. So I took a trip to San Diego. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You've you've had big theater weekends like the past. You met Lloyd Kaufman. You met. No, no, no. But I'm saying uh, rather than movie, like literal theater. Like, oh, like not cinema, like live action, live action like, theater. Yeah. People on a stage. People okay, on that a makes, stage. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah. I'll so big you. theater Media. weekend as opposed to film. Yes. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, sorry. I probably explained that poorly because I'm, I'm very tired because I was not up late th- last night, which I'll get to. Here, here. <laughs> let me, let me help clarify. Not theater, theater. Theater. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
so I took a trip to San Diego, uh, where yep. my sister lives, and we mm-hmm. have this kind of Halloween, Halloween, spooky season tradition where we go see mm-hmm. Evil Dead the musical every year. Oh, yes. I saw that yeah. once. Toronto. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is our fourth time seeing it, and it's so good. There's a place called the 10th Avenue Arts Center in San Diego, mm-hmm. and they've been putting on the Evil Dead musical for the past 10 years. This was their 10th That's year. That's amazing. Yeah, and I believe hmm. they've sold out every performance. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. They usually do two or three weekends, and they've been doing it the past 10 years. So it's a very popular show. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's great. It's The songs are super unique and fun. Um, which, it's Evil Dead, yeah. so it's horror, but it's also really funny and hilarious, which mm-hmm. the movies also are. But like, just imagine yeah. it ramped up the campiness and the jokes and everything for the, for the stage show. Um, so it's fantastic. So that was a lot of fun. Did you sit in the splash rows? You know what? We did that last year. We sat Mm -hmm. in the splatter zone last year, which was a very Mm -hmm. fun experience. And this year we decided to go ahead and uh, sit a couple rows back and just take a break from all the blood and the vomit. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we've done it both ways. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) You might want to explain that for people who don't know the show. (laughs) Um, Well, there's vomit involved. So, you know, there are certain scenes where they'll they'll spray with blood, you know, when when something happens. But there also, like, will be... uh, deadites uh you know kandarian demons literally throwing like vomit at the crowd um so and, and you get you do wear like a like a, a smock you poncho. could you don't yeah, have yeah. to yeah 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 like i wore like a white dress last year when Amazing. i was in splatter zone like intentionally so you yeah, could yeah, see yeah, yeah. all the red and everything that's awesome like it was like a you know dress from the secondhand store it wasn't anything yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, most people the splatters will dress all in white and get really oh, into cool. it and get splattered. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I had a great time mm. doing that with my sister on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then I actually gave myself a three day weekend. I used a vacation day and, and uh, took Monday off because I knew I'd be tired from the trip back from San Diego and everything. But mm-hmm. I got to see another very cool uh, theater show. So Monday night there is a show, or excuse me, there's a theater in Los Angeles called Dynasty Typewriter. And they've been doing a lot of like you're, comedy you're, shows. You're making these names up, but feel free to continue. <laughs> it's on yeah. Wilshire. But they do a lot mm-hmm. of comedy shows and I guess some more, you know, well known um podcasts, a lot of notoriety will also like live record and stuff at this mm. theater. But basically there is an event that was uh it was called Tales from the Crypt. Mm. And it was basically inspired um, by the old EC comics, more Mm -hmm. so than the television show. Sure. Um, But it was kind of like a live reading of four of the different, four selections from the EC comics. And it was really cool. It was like, almost like an old-timey radio show, you know, when you would tune in and hear people saying like the scary stories and things like that. So they had the actors up on stage, um, you know, different characters for the different voices and the narrator and stuff like that. But they would also do stuff like be like, oh, and then the kids ran away and they would kind of like run like on the stage and make like the foot tapping noises and stuff and they also had someone up there sitting um to the side kind of doing foley so they're you know one of the stories had you know a husband like chopping up his wife with an axe or whatever so they had the guy on the side of the stage like chopping like these onions making the like like the sounds and everything so stuff like that um there's also a couple of music performances and like some jokes a little bit of magic 
Wait, wait, wait. Is part of Tales from the Crypt? Yeah, well, they did the four stories, but then, like, in between, they kind of had, like, some other okay. kind of theatrical gotcha. stuff going on. They also kind of read um, a lot of the comic book ads and, like, dramatized those. Amazing. Yeah, That's and some awesome. of those old ads are, like, really funny, too, for the products yeah. and just the verbiage they use to describe them. Mm-hmm. So it was That's really cool awesome. to hear them read it on stage and bring it, you know, just bring it to life. And there's also, like, a projection screen in the background. Um, so they had visuals to go along, like, when they were reading the stories. You could actually see some of the con- comic panels, like the art That's and cool. some of the word bubbles even. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really well done. It was a lot of fun. It was theater, but not just a play per se. It was this yeah. kind of live dramatic reading with music elements and stuff. So it was a very unique, different experience. And I'm really glad that I went to check it out. I happened to follow EC Comics on Instagram and they had mm-hmm. a post the other day that was like, attention LA, blah, blah, blah. It's like a surprise pop-up thing we're doing on oh, Monday. Cool. So I immediately nabbed a ticket because I was like, I cannot miss this. And it's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad I did. So I went to that last night, which is why I'm like exhausted today because (laughs) I'm old and like anytime I get home, like after 9 p.m., it's like it's over. I'm a zombie the next day. And yeah, I had to go to work and everything today, but worth it. So worth it. As we're recording (laughs) at 10 o'clock at night. I know, right? Well, it's like seven for me, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's worse for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you for being here. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I wanted. As you chug your coffee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was my big theater weekend. Um, I also want to mention, um, unrelated to theater, uh, just something else I was involved in recently. So my friend Ron, Ron Jimenez, you may have heard his name before when I've talked about the Real Latinos podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Great podcast that he hosts along with our friends Guti and Ismael. But Ron recently, like within the last few months, also started up a music podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is called the Needle Drop Podcast. Um, and he basically is having different friends of his on and interviewing them about, well, about songs that they love and bands that they love. But it's not necessarily about just choosing like your favorite bands and your favorite songs. It's more about kind of like the soundtrack to your life or picking songs mm-hmm. that were meaningful to you kind of throughout your life or that shaped you or maybe remind you of a certain time in your life when something significant happened, like that type of thing. So you may not necessarily just choose your all-time favorite songs, but more about choosing sure. music that reminds you of a time and a place or something personal to you your first kiss <laughs> yes oh so you've tuned in i see oh no i don't know what you're talking <laughs> about uh, um so he's interviewed for example uh dirk feelgood from the movie mixtape podcast our friend dirk i, and... I seriously thought you said jerk feel good i'm <laughs> dirk, not even joking okay dirk, so. I, i'm so tired i i'm not sure it was coming out of my mouth mm-hmm. <laughs> but no dirk feel good from movie mixtape um yeah. and he also had like danny weiser from the rankings and uh he had jaysha drake from uh the podzilla podcast mm. oh yeah i love those suits yeah yeah so i, I mean, mean I, I, was... I, I, I love everyone else too <laughs> peace and love peace and love peace and love peace and love yeah um but yeah so i was very honored to be invited on um mm-hmm. and have ron interview me and i talk, got to talk about some of my favorite songs and what they meant to me and as you so coyly brought up yes i do share a story about my first kiss and a song that just always takes my mind back to that happy place um so it was a lot of fun and if you're interested in listening to that you can search for the needle drop podcast uh with ron jimenez and the episode I'm on is called Songs in the Key of Yoli. So whoever his guest is, like, he'll have songs in the key of Dirk Feelgood, for example. Um, so, I, yeah. I, need, I need more examples. <laughs> and I really enjoyed um, the other episodes that I've heard, the ones that dropped before mine. Um, so it's just, it's worth checking out, especially if you're into music. 
Um, and it's a good way to kind of get exposed to maybe like some random things you may have never heard about. So yeah, so that was really cool. And I, I need to, I need to add in something to your personal story here. Yeah, what's that? So uh, he also <laughs> does a playlist that are the songs that you mentioned in the episode. So you can just, because right. I, stu- I stupidly started there and I'm just like, oh, oh okay, cool. And then I realized, oh, there's an episode. You're like, oh, it's just a bunch of songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I heard the songs and I'm like, okay, most of these kind of seem to make sense with Yoli. And then I heard your story associated. I'm like, this makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that, that is with, a very cool context. thing that he does that after he interviews you and he'll play like just little brief snippets of the songs yeah. like in the podcast yep. episode. But he mm-hmm. does create simultaneously like, um, like you said, just individualized playlist for every guest. Mm-hmm. So you can go listen to like songs in the key of Dirk feel good and hear the entire, you know, all six songs or however many songs that Dirk had and, and hear them in their entirety on the Spotify playlist. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, your episode was good, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. I, I, I don't know if I commented in the Discord except to tell you I didn't listen to it. But then I did and then <laughs> yeah. I said nothing. So whatever. I think you did say something because I remember being surprised. I was like, oh, my God, Kablasto listened. Like, I never would have expected that. Why wouldn't I? I'm your co-host. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I know, but I know you've been buried in, like, Stephen yeah. King land and just you, you, have, you consume so much media. Yeah, I do. I'm the king of all media. That's what they call me. <laughs> yes. So uh no yeah i had to listen because you could have been like you know this is a song i listen to and i think about murdering my co-host and i need right. to know these things yeah I, I, that one actually got cut because of the runtime when we were going a little uh, long okay Good. uh maybe maybe so, in the outtakes uh, if i hear that if i hear that song playing on motor run so <laughs> but yeah the needle drop check it out not to be confused with my friend's record store called needle, needle drop, drop records, records. Yeah, yeah i love so. that love that just want to make that clear. <laughs> as long as we're talking about music, though, I will blather sure. on about one more thing. Um, I saw a very cool documentary um, on Tom Petty. It's a, It recently came out, or it recently dropped on Prime. It's called Somewhere You Feel Free. And I guess there was a bunch of 16 millimeter footage, film footage, that was recently discovered from when he was recording his Wildflowers album, like in the 90s. I am very not well-versed with Tom Petty. All I know is okay. I was the Mad Hatter for Halloween once and people kept saying, Tom Petty. <laughs> and I'm like, ha, 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 I, I, I get that reference. Yes. The Into the Great Wide Open video. I'm a literary character, you freaking idiot. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. Um, he's got so many great songs. Very talented songwriter. Tons of great albums, but Wildflowers was a solo album that he made. So, you know, there's a lot of Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker stuff, but Wildflowers was his solo album. And yeah, they just, um, they found this 16 millimeter film footage, which looked like pristine, by the way. He's still alive, right? No, he, what? Passed, he passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. I seriously, I seriously didn't know this. Yeah, I wrote a blog I, about it. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I, sorry, I didn't mean to depress you. But I, uh, some odd reason, the way you're talking about it, it just had me feeling like he had passed away. Uh, 2017. Yeah, he did a few years ago. Hmm. Why is Roy Orbison trending? Sorry. It that popped up. Weird. Yeah. It it just said Roy or people assisted for Roy Orbison trending. You know, I love Roy. Yeah. 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 Four days ago. Well, and I mean, he he was in the traveling Wilburys with Tom Petty. I mean, really? they, were, they were in that super group together. Yeah, with Bob Dylan and Jeff oh, Lynn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm getting and closer George Harrison. to... George Harrison. I'm getting closer to knowing stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So. Well, anyway. Yes, took, I'm sorry. They LA. took this found 16 uh, millimeter film footage and they basically created like a new document because there's other Tom Petty documentaries out there uh, mm-hmm. that are great. But this one is specifically with the footage that they found during the um, the Wildflowers recordings. Um, yeah. And there is some other supplemental stuff that they included to make it more of a like kind of complete narrative type of thing. Um, but it was great. I mean, especially if you're a fan of Tom Petty's music or especially a fan of the Wildflowers album. Um, or just a fan of music in general and great musicianship, it's definitely worth checking out. It is on Prime. Oh. Uh, it's called Somewhere You Feel Free. So if you have Prime, you can stream it. And um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. If you don't know the album, is it still, do you still get something out of it? I think so. I mean, I think if you're a fan of, of music, um, you'll probably take some degree of enjoyment from this like music documentary. I think um, I stopped listening at it because I was so focused on not interrupting you that oh. all I could think about, <laughs> all I could think about was not talking. Okay. Is it a concert or is it about making the album? It's about making the album. Okay, that's it what is I was not wondering. a. Con- There's a few brief okay. snippets of kind of like performance footage, but it's really like behind the scenes when they were conceptualizing okay. the album and recording. And there's okay. some interviews with some of the other musicians. And then um, he was doing that simultaneously along with like some other stuff with the Heartbreaker. So there's like a little bit of overlap. And then he did sure. like the score for this movie soundtrack um, around the same time too. So there's like a bit about those songs in there. Um, Do you know so what I movie? mean, yeah, yeah. It's called She's the One. I've never seen it. Um, I think it has Jennifer Aniston in it. It looks like kind of a cheesy romance movie. Um, I don't think it really did too uh, well when it came out. But he did 19, do a bunch of he did a bunch of songs for the soundtrack. And I have the soundtrack record and the songs on it are great. I freaking love oh, cool. it. Like some of my favorite songs are on that album. Hmm. I'm going to be asking you for some Tom Petty recommendations. I'll check them out tomorrow. For sure. I'll make you a playlist. Do it. Yeah. Okay. I would love to. Awesome. I, I love doing that sort of thing. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. We can uh, share it in the, the, in the show episode. Notes. Your show yeah. notes. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I, I have to blabber about for now. That's good. I like music. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Should we, should we get into our main event? Might as well. Yeah. Two mules for Sister Sarah. Why don't you give us a setup here? Why don't you tell us what happens in this movie? A man named Hogan, a drifter with money on his mind, comes across a naked woman about to be sexually assaulted by a group of bandits. He kills the bandits and rescues her, 
and then learns that the woman is a nun who calls herself Sister Sarah. Sister Sarah is on the run from the French army occupying Mexico because she has helped the Mexican revolutionaries raise money to oppose the French. And since Hogan has also agreed to help the Mexican revolutionaries attack the French garrison in exchange for a large amount of money, he agrees to travel with Sister Sarah and help her get to the Mexican camp she's trying to reach. This unlikely pair, played by Clint Eastwood and Shirley MacLaine, come across several obstacles they must overcome, including rattlesnakes and indigenous people's arrows. And the sexual tension between Hogan and this nun is surprisingly spicy enough to light a stick of dynamite on fire. Is this Clint Eastwood's chattiest cowboy role? Is Shirley MacLaine the first nun in cinema history to drink whiskey and say the word ass? <laughs> Find out all this and more as we unravel the riveting tale of two mules for Sister Sarah. Well done. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Well, I don't know why I said thank you. Thank you for reading that. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> you're, so. you're so very welcome. Yes. Um, yeah, I think literally my first note was Clint says more <laughs> in the first couple of minutes of this film than he does in a trilogy of other films. Yeah, so, he, he's a freaking chatterbox in this movie. It's it's it was it's, so weird. <laughs> I'm, it, it's I was fine with it, though. I will oh, tell yeah. You, yeah. I will t- this movie to me is about my favorite scenes in this movie are just character interactions. And yeah, it's a okay. so let's let's get the talk about the elephant in the room, the mule, the the burro in the room, <laughs> the burro. There. Yeah, that's what I just said, just like that. <laughs> um, so they this is not a spaghetti western. Right. I mean it's 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 an American director, Don Siegel. Yes. That being said, there is a lot of um connective tissue to spaghetti westerns. Obviously yeah. we have Clint, who starred in all three of the Sergio Leone uh, Dollars trilogy movies. And uh, it's it was all filmed in Mexico. So while yes. it is an American director or, you know, a director from the U.S., um, it mm-hmm. was filmed on location in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And we also have Ennio Morricone um, yes. providing the score. So there's kind of a lot of spaghetti type overlap. Mm-hmm. And there was and some a lot of the dialogue was dubbed in. But I think yes. that's just because they filmed outside. Yeah. But still. So good enough. So everyone. Stop your letters. I mean, <laughs> it, you can write us praise, but if you're about to write us hate, you know what? Write us, period. I don't care what you're writing to us about. Just continue to your letter. <laughs> I'm not I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. But um, yeah, we know this isn't a spaghetti western. We don't care. I think we typically buck the formula at least once a season. Yeah, to, we can uh, deviate a little bit. And again, yeah. there, there is the connective tissue that we've just laid out. Yes. So yes. there you so go. So that being said, yeah, the two things I noticed... Morricone's score, mm-hmm. which Great I really, score. I, I mean. really liked it. Really, really liked it on this one. Um, I, I these are not my opinions, but I heard one person comment and say like that they didn't like the score because they felt like there was like hee hawing in the score, hmm. uh, in the main song with, uh, like, sure, it's kind of there. I I can't argue it. I I thought the same thing. Doesn't matter. Still like it. Like the theme, I like the music all throughout. Yeah. You know, typically with his music, I mean, he's great, but uh, it's the theme, you know, which stands yeah. out. Yeah. Whereas I, I liked some of the secondary, just the overall score all throughout the movie. It stood out to me. 
Yeah. Oh, did you recognize the theme from a? Uh, of course. Once again, um, yeah. a Quentin Tarantino movie. It turns up in Django Unchained. Which is weird because, well, not weird, but apparently Tarantino hates this movie, but not so much so that he wouldn't use the theme song. Yeah, he liked the, the music enough, apparently. Yeah, he hates which, the movie. Did you read that somewhere? Yes, and I did not dig into it because I didn't. I just didn't want to know. I yeah, disagreed. That's interesting. Yeah. He can he can feel however he wants to feel. I sure. bet it's a very filmmaker reason that he doesn't like it. Mm. And, and, but so you know what? I'm not even gonna go down that road. Um, I could come up with reasons why someone might not like this film, and I could do that for something I absolutely loved. I could do it for you know anything. I could come up mm-hmm. with both sides of either argument. Yeah, Do, devil's you, advocate look, type of thing. Exactly, exactly. Feel free to look it up, Ian, whatever. I think it's probably a matter of, it's just not the film he expected it to be. The end, you know? Yeah, well, it wasn't exactly what I expected either, but sure, I sure. liked that. I mean, I, I spoiler, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I really like the movie when it is not the movie I expected to be. Because mm-hmm. we watch so many... This movie definitely feels like a spaghetti western more it than does. an American western. Totally does. So I think it fits in with our formula. But with that being said, because we watched so many, I was glad that it was different. I was glad mm. that it was character driven yes. uh, and dialogue driven. When it got to some of the action scenes, I glossed over and I was just waiting for characters to start talking and interacting again, honestly. Uh, this for once wasn't one that I was necessarily. There are some good action scenes, but they're set up entirely different. We'll get there. Yeah. But um, oh, and just really quick for anyone listening, but we're definitely going to get into spoilers. And this is a movie where there are, you know, some things that could get spoiled. So if you haven't seen it, and yeah. you know, maybe pause here and go go give it a go give it a viewing, and you know, then you can come back and listen to us. I watched it, it on. <laughs> di- I watched it on disc, so yes. I don't know if it is available on streaming. Um, oh, with that being said, it, yeah, I guess it might not be. Well, for rental, it's rentable. Yeah, yeah um, or get it from your, your library, library. Probably has it. Yeah, I guarantee they have. I it. got a really cheap Blu-ray from. I can't remember if it was Kino or like Hamilton Book. Maybe it was Hamilton Books, mm-hmm. um, but it was some sale. I think it was like five bucks or something. Yeah, um, there, so it's, a, it's out there. Yeah, and there's a good clint back out there that's yeah, cheap yeah. that has a disc of his westerns and a disc of just his like action movies or other movies cool um so yeah so i have it in there anyway yeah we're not gonna get to the big spoiler slash twist which um like immediately so we'll we'll we'll, we'll warn there. you but we'll it's warn coming you. and the, you know but i will tell you this the twist even if you decide to listen to the episode and then watch the movie well, I thought the twist was fun. I don't think it breaks the movie, if you know it. No, so, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The movie's still Just enjoyable. wanted to give fair warning that yep. we will be giving yep. some spoilers, which is, um, I think, yeah. to be expected. But, you know, some movies are a little maybe a bit more spoilery than others. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, um, okay. So, first of all, let's talk about this cast. I mean, it's mainly, it's Clint. Talkative Clint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's Shirley MacLaine. Which I can't really think of anything I've seen her in. Exactly. So Shirley like I know the name. Exactly. Shirley McLean is a name you know. And I I know her from I basically had to look online to see what I knew her from. She's still 
I couldn't acting. even picture her like before watching this she, movie. I was I had no idea. Same here. She was in Bernie the Jack Black, which is a movie I recommend and really like. She plays an old woman in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a more recent film, mm-hmm. uh, probably like early two thousands, mid two thousands. But she's still acting. She's in her nineties. Oh wow! I mean, but then again, so is Clint. He's got got to be eighties. Um, let's see. He is. How old do you think he is? Eighty-seven. We're you're better than I am. Ninety-three years old. Wow, nineties. Yes, and then uh, yeah, Shirley MacLaine, who is also still acting, uh, is eighty-nine. I'm sorry, Shirley. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I accidentally aged you up. So, uh, please write me an angry letter. Uh, be good for the show. <laughs> but yeah, she. Uh, this is nineteen seventy that she did this movie. And the movie that she was known for prior to this was someone's yelling right now. Yeah. But I believe I believe The Trouble with Harry from 1955 was the movie that she was known for. I just know that came up in terms of people talking about this movie. Bernie was 2011, by the way. Hmm. So anyway, let's keep going. So yeah, Shirley, she, like I said, I saw this movie when I was a kid hmm. because my, my dad watched Clint Eastwood movies. Mm-hmm. And I remembered... I remembered some scenes, seeing them now, uh, but I generally liked it. Uh, there is a humor about the movie, which is not necessarily, it's not categorized as comedy by any means, but right. there's humor scenes in it. And that's what yeah, I remember as a kid. And the dialogue's funny and some of the banter between Clint and Shirley yeah. MacLaine is like, they have a really good chemistry together. They really, really do. And I that worked for me as a kid, which is Kind of weird, but sure. I don't know. I've always had a good sense of humor, I guess. So <laughs> enough so that enough so that I thought the movie was entertaining mm-hmm. as as a kid, but not it's I probably saw it once. It's not like we I, oh yeah. I grew up watching this over and over and over again. But regardless, it was enough so that I'm I was happy to see it as an adult, adult uh, <laughs> air, air quotes. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so yeah, Yoli, I feel like I'm being very general. Well, since we're since we're talking about the actors, um, yeah, Clint and Shirley MacLaine, they're both great in this, as you said, their chemistry mm-hmm. is off the charts. Um, so I think they were well cast, and they're obviously, you know, American actors, mm-hmm. United States, white, whatever, which they're um, meant to be. Yeah, but I thought that um, with the exception of the leads, it was pretty cool that this movie actually did include a lot of Mexican actors. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, it was shot in Mexico, but oftentimes, especially I think back in the day, um, it was a studio's inclination to have just, you know, a lot of white European looking Mm -hmm. actors. So I thought it was cool that they actually got real Mexicans to act in this film. Mm -hmm. I also liked that there was a lot of like Mexican culture references that were in it, which was really cool. Like they talk about... I mean, I'm jumping around a little bit and I won't you're get fine. to the spoilery aspect of it. I'm just but wondering if you're going where I think you're going. There's a bit where they talk about like piñatas and That's like the, the Clint character even has a line. He's like, what's a piñata? Which is like hard for me to even imagine not knowing what a piñata is. But that being said, I'm a Mexican-American who grew up in Southern California. So it's, you know, someone else's experience in some, some other part of the U.S. could be very different. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, yeah. So and they talk about, oh, yeah, it's just like this thing that they use to liven up the party. And they put, you know, candy and nuts and treats in it. So, like, they talk about piñatas. And then there's a scene where they play uh, Las Mañanitas, which is like a Mexican, like, birthday song. Or, like, for celebrations mm-hmm. in general. But, like, primarily I associate it with, like, it being a birthday song. Parents will sing it to their kids in the morning 
morning and stuff like that, like on their birthday. So just like these little things that were like touched upon. I don't know. I guess you could argue that it's a little bit exploited. Exploit. You get what Listen, I'm saying, though. I am not le- leaving you out to dry here. I know that as soon as I try, Exploitative? I'm going to. X. Listen. <laughs> I, someone someone could make an argument that they're um, exploiting Mexican culture. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I feel like it's done in a tasteful, respectful way that actually provides some information and context to people who may not be familiar with like a piñata or the song Las Mañanitas or just like these other bits of Mexican culture. So I actually enjoyed and appreciated that quite a bit, that there were these little elements that were included that were relevant to the plot, but also just like a nice incorporation of like Mexican culture. So I thought that was pretty nice. If if you don't feel like it was exploitation, then I don't feel like it was exploitation because it's like you said, it, it tied into the plot and it felt to me more like literally the scene of the guy explaining what a piñata was. Sorry, I can't do the accent. Uh, and uh, felt like it would be on. Well, I like to watch the Pee Wee Herman Christmas special. And actually, I think they have a pinata in that. They do. They really do. I just yeah, I mean, I feel that. like it's such a like widely known thing now. But, um, but I mean, maybe I... maybe in the seventies it wasn't. And then this is of a time yeah. in like the late eighteen hundreds. So like, who knows? But um, in that episode, it's kind. Of, you know, Pee Wee is, you know, playing a character. Well or he doesn't know anything about these other cultures and they explain mm. it to him. Mm-hmm. It felt like that same type of thing. Yeah. So in that episode also, someone says, Feliz Navidad. And he says, Feliz Navidad. Like he can't get it right. So <laughs> right, right, right. I, I, I get a text from a friend of mine every year that says Feliz Navidad. As, okay. a refer- as, yeah, a refer- yeah, yeah. as a reference, as a reference, as a reference to Pee Wee. Um, but anyway, but I like those that you know those little bits that were incorporated. I th- I thought it was nice, and I thought they did um a good job portraying it in a respectful way. So I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. I like to see that kind of representation in the movie. Yeah, I thought. And what about the French? <laughs> do you, you like how the French were represented? French are the bad guys. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's accurate. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> In all I mean, they were freaking occupying Mexico, you know, yeah. like it was... Listen, I, I don't think we have any French listeners, but I did not know. I, I, I'm also terrible at history. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm me not, too. Me too. I haven't, I haven't reached that point in my midlife crisis yet where you choose like history as one of the things that you, you know, dedicate yourself to. Mine is the history of Spider-Man and fictional characters. I'll tell you about that. There you go. There you I'll go. tell you about the 616 but uh that's the marvel comic book universe but anyway i didn't even know the french were occupying mexico like, yeah and apparently it was like the second occupation or like the second infiltration of um, it's three it's three times which i i didn't know that from just watching the movie like i was yeah. reading the wiki later and i was like oh. i mean obviously the french were the bad guys like you said and i knew mm-hmm. that there, there was the french occupying mexico at some point um uh, but mm-hmm. I, there were different phases of that i guess this was the second one so i was like okay good to know <laughs> so i'm just gonna talk about things i like yeah because i i feel brain dead tonight so i'm just gonna move us along here yeah please do Okay. There's a lot, so we'll just touch on some of the bits that we like the best. The dialogue, like you said, I'll get into a few bits I liked, but there were some action scenes. The very first one, when he's saving her, Mm. Clint goes in and basically, um, you know, shoots some dudes. And I did notice a blood splotch with one of the guys, which I was really surprised by. Mm -hmm. The movie in general, I don't think is that bloody at all later. 
but that it was more of a spaghetti western type style it was but it was literally a you can tell that they're like okay cut it here to get a certain rating oh um, yeah, yeah but anyway uh that surprised me but then there's a guy who's holding Shirley McLean's character, Sister Sarah, who who, uh, who I literally just kept writing down the nun. Yeah, her name <laughs> name's in the freaking title. But anyway, and Clint, sorry, Hogan. Um, he's Clint. I'm calling him Clint. Yeah. I think of Hulk Hogan, like <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but he's using her as a human shield. So he first of all, he pulls out a little cigar, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, we know. We know that Clint hates cigars and smoking and stuff. I'm like, oh, interesting that, you know, they got to have his character do that once again. Does it, but he uses it to light dynamite in yeah, this case, yeah. which also I'm like, couldn't you have just lit the dynamite? Not with the cigarette, not with the cigar. It looks so, so much cooler this way, though. It does. It did. Mm-hmm. So not smoking everyone, but lighting dynamite just with the cigar. Clint with the cigar in his teeth. He also got rid of it Very right cinematic. after that. He, he did. Got, he did. He got yeah. rid of it right afterward. So and then he I noticed the, that. Well, I was like, yeah. that's a waste of a good cigar. <laughs> well, I was noticing because I know that he doesn't he didn't like having cigars yeah. in the movies. So uh, so he throws a dynamite at them and the guy starts to run and then he comes out and shoots the guy. Yeah. But then he then he comes down and he rips off uh, the, 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 the rest of the wick. And then he also puts it in his mouth. Just to like make sure that it went yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, to extinguish so, it. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Yeah. I, I liked it. But but he's just like, uh, you find out later that he was a soldier, which, you know, is kind of like what he always is. Clint is always the previous soldier. And now he's, I drifter, mean, he's mercenary. a drifter, mercenary. Yeah, with his, and he makes it very clear his main goal is money. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's a, it's a great setup for the character and just showing how, He's so confident and he's so like, he just, if you can tell that he does this type of thing all the freaking time, Mm -hmm. you know, and he has a plan. He's the man with the plan. Yeah. And, uh, and that works great with Shirley McLean because, and well, she's naked to begin with, as you said, he kind of goes away for her to get dressed. And that's when she comes out wearing her habit. Yeah. And it's like yeah. a big reveal, you know, the big reveal. It's like what that, you know, it surprises him. And that's kind of that's that's what makes the movie fun is yeah. that it's it's her constantly bringing, you know, he he has things figured out. He does things a certain way and she's constantly bringing unexpectedness to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which catches him off guard and his reactions to her and their conversations. are It's just. You know, he has one conversation. She's asking him about like, oh, have you ever been married? And it's like, nope. You ever wanted to be married? Nope. Nope. <laughs> and uh, there's a third one in there for comedic timing. I'm forgetting it. But he, basically he talks says, about like he doesn't want, you know, that women just yeah. tell him to quit drinking and quit gambling. Yes. And whatever. And he's like, Meh. he's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I t- I told Megan, she hasn't seen the movie, and I told her about that bit. I said, oh, could have some anti-marriage talk in the, the episode tonight. <laughs> and I, I told her that dialogue, and she goes, oh, it's just like you. So I'm like, eh. Yeah, and from the get-go, too, like, uh, Clint's basically telling her that you, he finds her attractive. And then, like, mm-hmm. he learns that she's a nun. And he is, like, yeah. surprisingly very, like, respectful of that. But he, but he straight up says to her, like, if I met you before you were wearing... You know that outfit, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah, and and there's a scene 
yeah well we'll get to the arrow scene i really like that scene but yeah it's he is being respectful like you said he is like he'll flirt with her and he'll make some comments but he never really like crosses any lines or you know mm-hmm. he's respectful of her yeah uh, uh, with that being said there is a scene where he's like helping her up a tree mm-hmm. and and uh then afterwards she says something about um well he's got his hands on her bottom to give her a boost mm-hmm. up and then yep. i think he kind of apologizes for it or like something or he was like oh I, i'm sorry i had to touch you there to help help you get up the tree or whatever and she basically was like oh that's all right like god can excuse it um it, it's no big deal that you had to put your hands on my ass to help me and he's kind of yeah. like wait what <laughs> where, yeah. where did you learn that word and then she says like it was oh mother mary so-and-so and he's that's like it. what <laughs> where is she from and she's like new orleans yeah yeah it's good and he's like, I wonder what she did before she became a nun. So, but th- so you know, that being said, it, we start, we do start to get some little hints that there's like maybe more going on with this nun than like what you see at face value. You know, she like spits out a word like ass, like all nonchalant. And uh, she's able to kind of keep up with Clint drinking uh, swigs of whiskey, uh, which is also like a little surprising, you know. Because um, I think she says she's never had a drink before, but then she's like swigging it. And he was kind of like, I've never seen anyone get used to drink to getting used to drinking hard liquor that quickly. <laughs> There's also this other scene where they're like uh, going to bed for the night. Like, you know, they're outside. They're, they're essentially kind of camping out, trying mm-hmm. to like get to where they're going and whatever. Um, and she's like, oh, I just need to step away for a second or like something. And I think he, Clint thinks like she's going to use the bathroom because he's like, oh, I'll keep my back to you or like something like that. But we see her kind of steal away and then she's like smoking something. And I was like, what is she smoking? <laughs> um, and then she comes back and he's kind of like, why are you so giggly? And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I mean, even if she was smoking a cigarette, that was probably kind of like not typically what you would see a nun doing yeah but and never mind what else she could have been smoking (laughs) yeah so yeah we get to see these little these little hints and it's kind of like okay there's more to meet the eye with this nun uh i guess yeah we don't need to get there yet but let's i wrote down a very random note where clint they're talking about uh the french base or the garrison the garrison yeah and uh, the target, he was asking if it has an open patio, mm-hmm. but he says it, I, he says, Clint says patio. He, every time he says patio, he says patio. patio. It's just a Clint thing. Open patio. Huh. It's very bizarre because she says patio and he says open patio. It's weird. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I, I had to write it down phonetically because I thought it. Did he have so a cigar odd. in his teeth? Is it making him like pronounce no. words weirdly? No. Patio. <laughs> nope. No. Nope. I don't know. So, so we're gonna jump all over the place. At one point, Sister Sarah's mule gets like injured, so she mm-hmm. trades it to, with this like village person. Um, and then she gets this tiny burrow, even like smaller. And like her, tra- when she like gets on it and is riding it, like it looks so comedic to me. I mean, because yeah, she's it, not like some it, huge woman either, but like she was on this tiny little burrow. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I thought of Looney Tunes. I was like, yeah. it's going to collapse. Like, how could it even carry her? Also, uh, can we just get to the other elephant in the room here? Please. Two, two mules for Sister Sarah. That doesn't play into the movie at no. all. No. The, t- the title means nothing. I had the same question. I was like, where are these two mules? You can maybe make an argument for one mule at best. And even that, like. I don't. 
And I don't, if it's some sort of reference, I don't get it. Yeah, I feel like and there's something I'm missing. I, yeah, I feel like there's something I'm missing too. Write in, let us know. But um, maybe it was an earlier draft of the script and they kept the title. I don't know. I And some people hate the title. I'll say it's memorable. I mean, other than I forgot if it was mule or goat or I just like goats. But um, <laughs> it's my spirit animal. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It stands out at least. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it doesn't actually tie into anything. Yeah, no, it really doesn't. Okay. I just want to talk about the scene where there's the aboriginals. Is that a culturally appropriate general term? Is that the term you yeah. used earlier? Ind indigenous people. Thank you. Yeah. So Even Native American works because it's South America, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say not Native American. I wrote in my my notes, but yeah, you're right. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so, the indigenous people, um, they're shooting arrows. Yes. So they shoot an arrow and they shoot Clint in the left shoulder. Yeah. The, Not through his me, heart. It's like higher. Yeah. 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 And me saying left shoulders, me proving to Yoli, I actually watched the movie. So, and uh, anyway, he has a really good depiction of pain. And he like cause he, he's down on the ground after one shot. Mm -hmm. And she's basically telling him, this is kind of unimportant, but I thought it was kind of weird that she was basically saying to him, like, climb back up on your horse. Don't show any signs of pain. Oh, right. Because because Clint was really acting well in terms mm -hmm. of like um, he made you believe he was in a ton of pain. Mm -hmm. You're so used to seeing so many movies and people get shot up. And like they just crazy. get up and walk away like yeah. it's no. But it was kind of refreshing to actually be like, oh, he's strange. really like slowed down by this wound. They spent a lot of time on like treat almost like borderline too much time on like treating the wound and like resolving that whole issue with the arrow. Let, let's talk about that. So anyway, they get rid of she uses a cross and like blinds one of not blinds, but does stuff and gets them to go away. Yeah, it's like they respect the the religious iconry. Like, so that's why she holds I a cross guess. up and she's like, don't show pain. And they were kind of yeah, like, yeah. oh, OK, like we should it's back off. It's kind of weird. It was a little weird because at first whatever. it just seemed like she was shining light in his eyes and, you know, to make him whatever. Who cares? They go away. <laughs> the point <They> is, <laughs> the point is that the following scene, once again, you could criticize and say this scene goes on way too long. I loved it. I thought it's just a lot of time was spent on it. A lot of time was spent on it was not. OK, give me give me a bottle of beer, put a bullet in my mouth and yank it out. None yeah. of that. Yeah, it was, it was a whole process. It, it was a whole process of shaving down this, uh, shaving it down mm -hmm. and then cutting off part of the shaft. Yep. Making and a then, groove. Yeah, it was like an elaborate process of removing this arrow mm -hmm. and then using gunpowder to help push, like bang it through, like, you mm -hmm. know, propel so you could, it through. So you could carterize it. Yeah. So it was, I liked it a lot. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I thought it was good. But like I said, some people will be like, oh my God, just get on with it. But I thought it was really well done. It made it feel more realistic that he didn't just like yeah. walk away and brush it off. It's like, okay, yeah. he, he got, he got hurt and this needs to be addressed, you know? Yeah. I mean, contrast that to the scene at the end where it's just a crazy shootout like in every other movie we've seen. Mm -hmm. It was you know? fun, though. And I okay. felt like there was enough lead up and build up to it where it's like, OK, now we're going to kind of pull out all the stops and have this elaborate finale. And I yeah. kind of thought it worked. I like, think it was it a nice payoff after like I agree. all the narrative. I, 
I agree. I think I'm just, I've seen the final scenes sure. so many times sure. that th this was a nice contrast to everything mm -hmm. else we've seen. Mm -hmm. And also I could see the scene being done with not two people. I could just be de like just Clint and he's just groaning through it and doing it versus narrating right. and walking th someone through it. Mm -hmm. um, so it, they really played to the strengths of having this be this odd couple you know yeah and it like so, lends to their bond more as well yeah they get through it together and he has to walk yep. her through it like you said yep and he also gets really wasted um mm -hmm. you know to get through it she's drinking some too i think yeah but uh but the rifle scene was that i'm not even looking at my notes but that wasn't immediately after this was it i just know that he was drunk in that scene right yeah so no. Doesn't matter, but there's another scene. It's really just a few scenes I want to talk about. It's a scene where, and this is one of those I remember when I was young, strangely, is where um, there's a train coming with French munitions and they basically want to stop it. So they want to blow up this bridge so they can't make it to the the base. Mm -hmm. The uh, And he can't climb up there because he had this arrow in his arm or shoulder. And so she has to go up there and she does it. And she's not happy about it. She does not yeah. want to do it, but yeah, it's like she basically has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then it becomes a situation of, you know, the train's coming, there's a countdown. And he, you know, he's saying he's going to shoot it and everything else. And But basically he's realizing he needs her help. So he's resting it on her shoulder mm -hmm. and, um, you know, telling her how to, how to like hold the gun still and everything yeah. else. And, and to like take a breath when he's going to shoot, like yeah, this whole thing. Yeah. It's, and you know, she's like, let's do a test shot. And he's just awful. Yeah. He's like, so he's, awful. Yeah. He's drunk. He's in pain. Everything. And she's pissed. Cause she's like, I climbed all the way up there and like basically risked my life to like plant this dynamite up there. You can't even yeah. shoot it now. Like, why yeah. did I even do that? It's good. Like all the dialogue, all the buildup, everything. I love the scene. Everything about it's great. Mm -hmm. And we also see Sister Sarah get angrier. And at one point she mm -hmm. says like, sober up, you dirty bastard. Yes. I'll kill you. Yes. And you're like, whoa, yes. did the nun yes. just say that? Like, so yes. again, more like just coming oh, out she's... to where you're like, what is up with this nun? She slaps him too, or like punches him. Oh, she him. punches him. She's... Yeah. Like early yeah. on, she punches him. That was yeah, so great. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> So just the tension and the dynamic between them is great. Mm -hmm. um, she does a great job. I mean, Clint, of course, nails the role, but he needs someone opposite him that can hold mm -hmm. her own. And she does a great job. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess originally Elizabeth Taylor was she wanted to play the role and didn't work out because she didn't want to go to Mexico. She wanted to shoot in Spain or something like that. Mm -hmm. So but it would have been more of a spaghetti Western. But uh, <laughs> regardless, I mean, to spoil the scene, they do shoot the dynamite, mm -hmm. but it becomes a plot point. But sorry about that train falling off. Was it a miniature or did they? <laughs> I, I, it would have to be, right? I guess it would have to be. But it, but the fact that we're questioning it means it looked good enough that you're not like watching a Godzilla film all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So because it blows a track and then it falls down and stuff falls out of it. Yeah. It, it looked good. It did it look was, good. It, it really it did. Was, it was rewarding, you know? It felt like, you know, they could have done it cheaply, but they 
I mean, even if it was a miniature, it looked good, but they didn't like cut away and just show like an explosion off scene and have someone react right. to it or something yeah, like that. No. So, but, good. but because of that, screwed up the plot later, which was good. <laughs> uh, and the fact that they were planning on Bastille Day, which is French independence, I believe. It's that's like what, their 4th that's of how July. they described it. That's how they described yeah. it. Yeah. And they planned, they're like, that's the date to attack because everyone's yeah. going to be drunk and partying. Mm-hmm. But Smart. Because, but because they, which wasn't part of the plan, it was just an opportunity because they took out of this train, mm-hmm. they were on high alert. No right. one's drunk. Exactly. So, uh, so I liked how that played into everything else because mm-hmm. this entire movie was basically, they set you up for one expectation and then, you know, averted it. Yeah. And, With that being said, do you want to get to the twist? Yeah, well, I was just going to touch on, because I know we're kind of jumping around a bit, but since I mentioned the piñata yeah. earlier, that mm-hmm. um, they do wind up using the piñata as kind of a Trojan horse, essentially, totally. to smuggle in explosives so they can mm-hmm. take out the French like later. It was kind of like a new plan they had to kind of come up with. And it was very clever, you know, very clever way to um, get this dynamite where it needed to go because they had... Um, which just looked like a community of people kind of, you know, marching through town with this piñata. It all seemed like very innocent. So, yeah, I thought that was a smart way to incorporate the piñata and kind of get their, their goal accomplished. I thought that was fun. Oh, this is random, but I need to mention this to you. Did you watch the trailer for this movie? I did not. So I, you know, I'll only watch it after I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, the voiceover said, Clint Eastwood has had a handful of dynamite. And then it does a scene and a fistful of trouble. And then it goes on. And then the thing is, the trailer literally shows the final scene in the movie. And it shows it it shows a bunch of stuff um, where don't watch the trailer. But it's (laughs) it's just, you know, trying to play off of his His previous uh, body of work. Yeah. Yeah. The Sergio Sergio Leone's trilogy. And uh, but they show a lot. And they also show like. I was going to mention there's like a public execution in this movie mm-hmm. and they show that in the trailer show. I'm just, and it's, that was kind of bloody. It does look, but I was say it looks kind of intense. Yeah. And there's like a the bloody wall behind of like previous yeah. victims. Yeah. So it's, it's a really weird trailer because they're trying <laughs> to like take you on an emotional roller coaster in mm-hmm. the, you know, minute and a half it is or whatever. Don't mm-hmm. watch the trailer before you watch the movie. But anyway, I just wanted to call out that scene that, yeah, you know, this movie is overall kind of comedic, but then we have like an ex- public execution scene too. Yeah. So, but you know, they got to set up the stakes. So, for sure. For sure. Anyway, uh, we're really jumping all over it, which I'm fine with. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll allow it. So, okay. So, getting to the, the big reveal or, or the yep. twist or yep. whatever. Yep. So, they finally get to this like Mexican revolutionary camp that Sister mm-hmm. Sarah was trying to get to. And she's at one point, but when, when they're about to like, you know, really get to their destination, she kind of tries to stop him. And, and she's like, can I talk to you? But he's mm-hmm. like in a rush to like get going and carry out their plan. But she does kind of try to like tell him or speak to him before um, he, he doesn't really give her the opportunity. So they wind up going on to this place and then they're discussing their whole um like their plan, like how they're going to attack and this and that. And she suggests like, well, there's this underground tunnel from when like the bishop, you know, if it was raining, he would travel in this underground tunnel to protect himself from, you know, the, the weather elements or whatever. And she's like, it got walled up, but I'm sure you could break through it, you know? And mm-hmm. he's like, well, who's occupying this house now? And she's like, oh, really good friends of mine. 
so they go, they go and they break down this wall and they get into the place or the house or whatever, you know, and they walk in and then Clint's kind of like, what is this? He's like, this is a cat house, which I, I've never really heard that term before, but you could kind of put two and two together. Um, and then she goes, <laughs> or sister Sarah goes, yes. She's like, this is no cat house. This is the best little whorehouse in Mexico or like something yes. along those lines. I don't think that was the exact quote, oh, but it was like it, the best little whorehouse somewhere, something. In town, in town. In town, okay. Yeah. And then the, um, the lady greets her. She grabs She grabs her ass. Her ass. Yes. Yeah. And you see and, a close-up yeah. of Clint's face too with like yes. huge it's eyeballs. It's like almost like cartoonish, like, yes. like what? <laughs> <laughs> he pulls it off well. He does. He his some yeah. of his facial expressions are so funny. It it mm -hmm. works so well. Yeah. And like it had to be intentionally comedic, but like in a oh, subtle yeah. way, which is like Oh totally. Yeah. He he, he does strangely does it well. Mm -hmm. So I mean you know, it's a side we haven't seen of him for yeah. my character on Sunday to me. But anyway. So yeah. it turns out Sister Sarah is not a sister. She's, mm -hmm. um, well, a sex worker, to put it politely. <laughs> After she just said best horror house in town. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was a direct quote yeah. from the movie. I know. Uh, no, no, I, I know. I'm saying I can choose so. to not call her a whore. Yeah. So anyway, the reason she lied to him was basically saying, you know, that you had even said if, yeah, if you're he made several uh, comments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't a nun, I'd let you save your own bacon or I screwed yeah, up yeah. The, if, the if you weren't a nun. Thank I, you. you yeah. know, I, I, I'm only saving you because you're a nun. Otherwise, exactly. you'd have to save your own bacon. Or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like something so, else, he made a couple comments that like if you weren't a nun, like I'd, mm -hmm. I'd be the hell out of here or like something. And she yeah. was like, I needed you. I needed your help. So I kept yeah. up the charade. And even, you know, from a he was coming on to her constantly and it's like, you know, it's a good thing you're not blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. N not to go into that territory, but it was also, she was smart. She was using him, mm -hmm. but in the way she needed to, she, she has to reference something with the French too, in terms of, I mean, there was a scene early on, which we kind of skipped around where they basically called her in to do last rites for someone. Oh, right. Um, and she be, was recognized. Yeah, yeah. 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 But because she was a nun, she was able to like, kind of, yeah you know dance around the whole situation so mm -hmm. good disguise <laughs> yeah for sure and uh yeah it's a fun little twist like again we do get like hints and stuff that there's like more going on with her than her just being a nun but again she could be a nun who happens to drink and smoke and there could be yeah. some other story behind that but then it's like nope not a nun she's yeah you know because she works I mean, in this brothel and like whatever it, it, it could have been she lived such a rambunctious life before that she decided to become a nun mm -hmm. and you know that's kind of where my head was going yeah and she did still of... help the mexican revolutionaries which is why the french did want her there yeah. you know want to capture her execute her or like whatever yeah so like that yeah. bit was true a lot of people complain about this film saying it's so obvious she wasn't a nun i knew that she was a, a prostitute and it's like come on come on like no i thought honestly i thought the movie did it well and yeah, and they do like they plant those seeds on purpose. Like you are supposed yes. to kind of be questioning in the back of your mind, like, I bet she's yeah. really, you know, she's probably not a nun, but like, I'm not sure what's going on. But it doesn't it doesn't matter. It works. It I does mean, work but, really. It, it is like yeah, a big yeah. surprise, like, yeah, the yeah. reveal and the ass grabbing, like all of it. You're just yeah. like, wait, what? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's funny. What's happening? It, yeah. It, the humor works. The dialogue mm -hmm. and the dynamic between them works. It, it's good. 
Like, yeah. And there's like a, a progressive yeah. element to it in a way too, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. like very cool, especially considering yeah. like a, the time it came out and B like the time sure. that it's depicting. Yeah, so I, I liked that. All of the, uh, what's the, what was the PC terminology? Sex workers or the brothel workers, if you like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All the, all the brothel workers. They're not degraded really within the movie or anything else. Right, right. They're just they're an ally just as much as yeah. He they're, is they're the good guys. To, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So and I liked that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, me too. So ultimately, the part of the plan is because the French do want her. They say like, okay, pretend to be a bounty hunter, and you're taking and, her in, and, and you're gonna yeah, you're gonna turn me in. So mm-hmm. they use that to their advantage. And between that and the Trojan horse pinata, they're able yep. to blow up some stuff, and Clint's able mm-hmm. to take out the, you know, the guys, those French guys who are wanting to to execute her and all that, and they get away. You know, they yep. pull it off. So he gets his bunny. He gets his and bunny. and 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 she's in the bathtub, mm-hmm. and he basically he says something about like, you know, he wants to come in. Yeah. And he's got his thing of money and she's like, I'm in the tub. And he says something like, no one wants to see you with your clothes on anyway. Or yeah, because she's like, like well, wait, I want to get dressed up for you after yeah, yeah. my bath. And yeah, that's when he's like, no yeah, one yeah. wants to see you with your clothes yeah. on. <laughs> so he barges in. Yeah. But, you know, there's a chemistry between the two of them. It doesn't yeah. feel like, you know. Yeah. And, anyway. even, and Shirley MacLaine's in the tub, like smoking a cigar. Like she's like a freaking yeah, yeah, badass, yeah. like yeah. badass woman. Yeah. 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 But I loved this scene, this bathtub scene at the end. Yeah. You know, Clint yeah. barges in. And like, on one hand, it's so ridiculous because he starts to get in the mm-hmm. tub fully. He takes off his gun belt, but like, yes. that's it. Everything else, like yes. hat, clothes, boots, spurs, even like he gets yes. fully clothed yeah. in this tub. Ridiculous. But also. <laughs> Kind of hot. She's like but naked she, in the tub. She also says, least you can do is take off your hat. Yeah. And, he's, and he says, I haven't got time for that. Yeah. So he just, he gets in and he's like on top of her in the tub. And then like, she actually reaches up and grabs yes. his hat and like takes it off. And then there's this part where like, he's fully in the tub. He's on top of her. It's very hot. But then like, he kind of kicks up his legs and you can like, like it's like the boots with the spurs on. <laughs> like the bubble bath it was so funny i loved it yeah it was it was good but like i said that scene is in the damn trailer oh man spoilers awful awful so awful yeah also if you go and think she's a nun and you see her smoking in the bubble bath it's like making out with clint in the tub exactly like come on i know they shouldn't put this wrong with people yeah they just had to sell it so yeah Uh, but, but then there's a scene afterward which kind of escapes me because I thought that was going to be the end. I thought her putting his head down and then we get credits, mm-hmm. but there's a scene after that. It's basically just like they lived happily ever after. And then they use the oh, money. Yeah. For... They're on like their horses or she's still on her like little tiny burrow. And, uh, Oh yeah. She's all, they basically ride off into the sunset per se, yeah. um, presumably to go to San Francisco and open up his like casino, his gambling yeah. house. City. It was kind of like his, his dream, dream. essentially. Yeah. yeah. So but then we get credits, happily so. ever after type of type yeah. of thing. It's a good ending for it. And yeah. And yeah. then it's also kind of cute because he was all like, I don't need a woman. I don't need a wife. They just want me to quit oh, exactly. being myself or quit, quit doing yeah. the things I love, basically. But then it's like, OK, well, he found this woman who's like a good match for him. And she's like totally. also like a badass. And like, I like well, that. 
I mean, that's the joke. She smokes and drinks more than he does. Right. You know? Yeah, or absolutely. Just as much, so. Absolutely. So, but it's I so mean, good. It's like, all right, yeah. like they're, you know, they work well together. <laughs> yeah. I, I said this before we went into the movie, I think. I'm like, it's basically a comedy. I still feel like it's a comedy, you know? I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. Like good. so much more good. than I expected to. Me too. Yeah. It's a very pleasant movie to just throw on in yeah. the afternoon and just like enjoy it anytime. Yeah. It's definitely it's one fun. to share. It's funny. Yeah. It's got action. Yep. Clint's awesome in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's funny as, as like the straight man or, you know. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. As, as the audience's stand in, basically. He's right, reacting, right. reacting for us. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, I I loved it. I can't wait to watch good. it again. Good movie. Good pick. Yeah. Thank you for helping me bring closure to my youth as we, we fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So, my pleasure. It's my dad's birthday this week. Oh, and uh, Papa Blasto. This will be uh, my my birthday gift to him. You can so, play Las Mañanitas for him. He This episode will be airing after his birthday, but we're doing a surprise party for him on Saturday. So... I will let him know I watched this and he'll go, oh, yeah, with Clint. And uh, that's probably all he'll remember of the movie. But who knows? My dad is a man of few words. So mm. very, very Clint Eastwood-esque in that in that way. So Well, happy birthday to Papa Blasto. Uh, okay. Anything in the mailbag? There's nothing in the mailbag today. Unfortunately. Forget I said anything. Forget I said anything. <laughs> no one loves us. We've been getting good... Good feedback on the from people in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dale underscore A from Bat and Spider Podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dirk Feelgood from the Movie Mixtape Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you, John Gormley from My Life I Live. <laughs> it's not a podcast. It's just someone I know in real life. Uh, but uh, thank well, you. All t- for your I feedback. mean, I, we always appreciate the feedback. It's just yeah. nice to know that someone's listening, and then the fact that they enjoyed something about it—that's that's just freaking gravy. Yeah, yeah. We've had people say that they wanted to watch the movies after we talked about them, and it's yeah. like, okay, Please we have do. no goals. We have no goals. <laughs> so if you do, I'm I'm happy. If you would like to send us a note, though, for a future ep. You can drop us a line at spafreddypod at gmail.com, S-P-A-F-R-E-D-D-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. And that email address is also in the show notes. Alrighty. Anything else worth talking about other than what we're doing next week? No, I mean, I think I blathered on about everything I wanted to blabber about at the top of the show. So yeah. So next week, we'll be watching another episode of Freddy's Nightmares. So we're on what? Episode six, I want to say? That's what I have in my head. Let me look up the name. It is called Saturday Night Special. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Oh, I well, I don't know. I like the show. I've been recommending it to people, so I'm excited. Yeah, so but, yeah. far so good. Okay, so till next week. Ciao for now. Ciao for now.
Get In Freddy podcast is hosted by Kevin Cablasto and Yoli Zena. Our theme music is composed and performed by Corey McGregor. This episode was edited by Yoli. You can send us feedback at spafreddypod at gmail.com. Ciao for now.